Hello and welcome to the Rabbit Hole, the definitive developers podcast in fantabulous Chelsea, Manhattan. I'm your host, Michael Nunez. Our co-host today, Dave Anderson. And today, we'll talk about the seven waste of software development. I imagine, you know, as software developers and engineers, we're going through the constant cycle of pushing new features out, but sometimes those things can be wasteful. Yeah, it's like the seven deadly sins. It's pretty pretty catchy. <laughs> yeah, we, and, and, <laughs> yeah, but we don't, and the, the, the rule is we don't want to do these things and we want to minimize these things because they're going to happen. Like there's no denying the following things we will say, the seven steps or the seven waste will be done and we have to figure out how to not do them as much. Our, our good friend, uh, Michael Silvey, like who... I guess unfortunately did wasn't able to make it through on the podcast, but he's gonna jump on. So don't worry. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Sylvie, yeah, we'll Sylvie, friend of the show. He's gonna come through. I got him. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so our our good friend uh, Michael Sylvie, friend of the show, coming on the podcast soon. He spoke about this concept at uh, a, a big meeting that we had, and it really resonated with me. I think it, it's a really good way to think about like what kind of problems can arise when you're making software. And it, I think it's pretty pretty interesting origin too, because uh, it actually has its roots in lean manufacturing. Mm, okay. So this this actually originally was thought up in Japan. Okay. As part of the Toyota production system. In building cars and and vehicles in Toyota is where they thought of ways to reduce some of the waste that was happening in the production line. Yeah, yeah. So I think the origin of that is that like Toyota really couldn't like reach the scale of the really big car manufacturers that are in the US. Okay. So because they couldn't like work bigger, they had to just be really good at the whatever work they were doing. I see. They had to find the waste, eliminate it on the line. So like anyone who was in the factory who saw waste would just, you know, blow a whistle. They'd all like figure out how to fix it. Oh, nice. And I mean, imagine that process is now why Toyota is very successful in, in manufacturing cars. Yeah, yeah. Pretty dang good. Pretty oh, yeah. dang good. But then these these folks, uh, Mary and Tom, I can't pronounce their last name. Papendiek? Papendiek? Is that, is that correct? <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying. It's P-O-P-P-E-N-D-I-E-C-K. Yep. You can Google it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Check it out. Uh, they, sure. So they were responsible for implementing this process and identifying the seven wastes. Yeah. They're kind of to- they, they used to work in like manufacturing and then they moved to software engineering and kind of noticed a lot of the same problems. Oh, interesting. And so they wrote a, a book, uh, Implementing Lean Software Development. Dope. Well, all right. We got some, we got some history and some background <laughs> on, on the seven wastes. Let's just jump right into the first one. Uh, we have online partially done work. What does that mean to you, Dave? What do you think about that? Partially done work. I guess that means like anything that's not like giving you value, like giving the the customer value. Okay. If it's not useful to them, then it's like not not done. Right. So like work that even I imagine this is different than like if the user doesn't see it, but it's useful to them. Then obviously it's not part it's fully done because it helps the user experience but like things you build and don't think about yagni right that's like a problem right if you you ain't gonna need it why build it it's partially done work don't do it right or like yeah if you if you start 
building on something and you never finish it then yeah or like like partially done work could be like your pr that's like in code review for two weeks it's right. partially done and like you know maybe you have to come back to it right later and it's 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 hard or uh you know maybe you do actually get that pr done and it's not deployed to production it's right. still partially done right or if it gets to production it's behind a feature flag and then you have it's to still partially new, done because yeah. it's not it's not in front of the people right and i think like that can also lead to code that isn't synchronized partially done like documentation if it's not fully fleshed out how can people learn about this new feature that could be really difficult right yeah like, like if someone has an idea for how something should be implemented and you only do it halfway right like, you know it, it's not the full feature then it, it could still change and i think last but not least in in partially done work is trying to even if you built out the feature and that's work that has been fully done it's partially done if it isn't test covered is what i believe yeah, yeah you should have you should have some form of test coverage on all the things that you build step one <laughs> right yeah exactly we got a tdd episode you can check it out for sure <laughs> yeah so the uh the next one is extra processes oh yeah i've seen this in a couple of places where like documentation is very it, documentation is necessary to like move forward with the feature rather you know and being having people like sit down and think about documenting the code that needs to get done rather than starting on the code that that has to get done for the user can be a waste that is often not seen by the organization because they feel that the documentation is of the utmost importance right and then you know, that can lead to a lot of thrashing. Like if you change the code, you got to go back and change the document and keep everything in sync. So yeah, that, that's definitely an example of extra processes. I mean, there, there's a lot of process that's in software development, like releasing code to production should right. be a controlled thing. There's like the right amount of process. Yeah. But then it's it's also really easy to put too many guardrails in place and make it extra uh, onerous are like a big burden to do what you need to do and get that code out there in front of the user right yeah so like challenges getting approval for a change or like you know getting approval from the customer right. or whatever uh, if, if there's a lot of friction there then that, that causes problems and yeah i think like if you i mean it's always good to have like certain processes but you should definitely identify which ones can be considered wasteful and remove them from the standard in your organization. Um, I think one that I've seen, the third one we'll discuss and that I've seen often can be extra features. Yeah. You've got to have all the clicks and all the sounds and all the surprise noises everywhere in the feature that you're going to build. Yeah. And a lot of individuals may not think of what is MVP and how do we reduce some of the scope to get this out to the users as fast as possible. Yeah. Are you going to need it? You ain't going to need it, then don't do it. <laughs> yeah, and this kind of takes a lot of forms too. Like you could have extra features from the product side where they're like, oh, this is something that I really want to build. But they haven't like really vetted the idea with the with the customers who are going right. to be using it. So if if it's just something that the, the product team thinks is important and then you actually go to build it, and it's not 
actually used by the users, then that's just extra code that is there and that you need to maintain. So like if you are making other changes to the system, it could make it harder. Right. I think the inverse of the extra feature is, well, not exactly the inverse. I would say like features that you build, as you mentioned, Dave, that ends up not being used and then trying to find ways to force the user experience to use it can also be like a waste Mm-hmm. In some sense, because if the users aren't really interacting with this piece of, uh, with this feature that you built, then you shouldn't force the user to have to use this thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe it's c- like, maybe they're, they're happy with experiences it is and just can go through it. It can also be like from the developer side, it doesn't have to be just product fault that there's yeah. extra features. Like you could try to build your class really robust in like a amazing modular way but maybe it just needs to do one thing. And so like making it module or and really extensible and customizable just makes it really hard to understand and hard to test and hard to change in the future. Right. And and even going back to the first one where we mentioned where it's partially work done, when you think of this big grand scale of extra features and then you're kind of overwhelmed and you then you're more likely to partially finish that feature and then that goes back to you know actually finishing the feature and not having partial work at the end of the day i think lost count this is number four right yeah it's number four yeah we got number four we got number four we, we truck it along dave <laughs> i think so for number four task switching now this is very interesting uh something that i've seen and experience where it is possible that an engineer can be part of two teams or like two initiatives when you have the context switch from one piece of of code to another it can be really really difficult and daunting and can be very wasteful to that engineer and that engineer's time and getting work done right yeah yeah or like yeah and especially like as an organization you know you're you're working on two projects at once and it'll take like statistically or like provably it'll take longer for both of them to get done than if you just did the one thing uh, all in, just focused right. on that, and then completed the other thing. One suggestion that that I'll say is just ensure that your engineers are on one team with one initiative, working on one project at a time. I think that'll mm-hmm. definitely help some of the thrashing that may happen when you have to switch from one repository to another and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and I guess it could also be not such a drastic task switch where you're switching between projects but even within your work if you get into a state of flow where you're just jamming on code and then like slack bubbles keep on puffing up or like people keep on tapping you on your shoulder or you got to go to a meeting and then you come back and then you have to do an interview and then start another five minutes like that that kind of thing can also be pretty challenging to work around so I, I like the idea of like core hours where you set aside this time to do like the really tough thinking problems like writing code and figuring out how you're going to architect your system and whatnot and then squish the meetings into another corner of the day. How do you feel about what are your thoughts on scheduling that on your calendar where it's like blocked just for that? I've seen a lot of different people and different companies do that and i always find that very interesting what are your thoughts on that yeah i think i think that makes sense like it's it's a 
a bit aggressive. I mean, I guess, but if people are being really uh, disrespectful of your time, sometimes you got to do that. And they may, they if they really want to, they'll just schedule right over it anyway. Yeah, no. Nah, but at least there's a little that. Disincentive, <laughs> disincentive, maybe. Yeah. No, I've seen it at, at different places. And it's a good strategy for people to be like, oh, you're blocked at this time. So let me see if I can catch you some other time. And people, I've, I find people to be very respectful of that, which is cool. Yeah. I just, definitely. I just never, I'm really, 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 really bad with the calendar. <laughs> so I forget to put these core hours, quote unquote, onto my calendar. I just kind of just work, and then that's, right, that's why yeah, yeah. It's like oh, you're lucky if you see the here in the meeting to get disrupted. Yeah, exactly. It's like oh snap! <laughs> like oftentimes I would approve yes to a meeting I just came out of. <laughs> it's just like why did I do that? I don't know. Uh, yeah. So yeah. being able to task switch, I mean. It is important as an engineer because you may have to deal with like interruptions that may happen or like, you know, if there's a production bug and you're working on something, you have to get to it in that regard. But always try to mitigate some of the task switching that you need to do in order to get the work done because it'll inevitably delay value that you may deliver with the feature that you're currently working on. Yeah. And and sometimes it's good to like designate someone who's like your bug master or your Batman I think we talked about that previously. Oh yeah, the Batman. The, <laughs> yeah, we we've tried uh, a bug wheel, and that's pretty fun. Like a wheel of bugs. The yeah. wheel of bug. That sounds fun, <laughs> and then I'm sure it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little little full of dread, but you know, mm. it, actually, it it does help because then you know you're just focused on squishing bugs, and like it feels really good, and you're not like stressing about not getting to the feature work that everybody really wants you to do it's yeah. like oh, this is my one calling right now so the next one the next deadly waste is waiting oh hold on well i think waiting it hurts i just want to identify that waiting is a waste right like we as engineers can all agree but i imagine when this book or this concept was was done it was during those times where compile or compilations would take hours oh yeah Sword, like, like sword, sword fights <laughs> yeah, so we've come a long way when it comes to this waiting waste <laughs> yeah and i kind of wanted to bring that up but i mean there are <laughs> there are some form of waiting that has to happen if you have a pr process that needs to get done and you have to wait for someone to context switch to do their task switching to go and review your code right yeah uh, deployment yeah. can take some time i've seen Deployments take 10 minutes up to 30 minutes in certain places that I've worked at. And it's it's always very interesting to see that. But waiting is all, the one thing that that exists. I'm just kind of glad that we've come such a long way from what we once had to wait. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot better technology, better like tools that automate away a lot of that that stuff. So you can do something else while you're waiting for, for that to complete. Right. Or like, you know, running your test suite in a watch mode. So it's just running in the background. You just pop over, check it out, see how it's going. Yeah. But there there are other kinds of waiting too that are more organizational where like mm-hmm. you might be waiting for the project to start. Or like maybe like you're assigned on a project and they don't know what it is that it's supposed to be yet. They don't have the requirements. They don't right. have the story set up. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you could just be sitting there like, Okay, I guess 
I don't have any work to do. I guess I got to refactor <laughs> something in the meantime. Right. right? <laughs> yeah. Right. I've, I've totally done that before. And just, oh, just do some tech death for tech death's sake. But then yeah. that's, that's kind of like, you're not going to need it. That's extra features in its own way. Because right. it's like, what, what is this serving? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely happened where like, even, even like a, a feature requirement has changed that has to wait uh, some time in order for you to start working on it can be mm-hmm. a little bit frustrating. So there are many different ways of waiting besides like compilation or like deployment and that kind of stuff. So always be mindful of when you're waiting, just be like, call it out that this is a thing that's happening and try to bring it up with your, with the product team on how we can reduce or not. We, I'm not working there with you listeners, but like how can we <laughs> as engineers can, can mitigate some of that waiting and get those feature requirements up front so that we're waiting less so we can start cranking out code. Because that's mm-hmm. what we want to do. We just want to get in there, just start delivering value to the user. <laughs> so that's what I'm there for. Yeah. It, it could be the table stern too, where the product team has everything all lined up and you know people are busy delivering value elsewhere. They're off fighting oh, yeah. fire and you, oh, it's, one day they'll build my awesome feature. One, <laughs> one, day. Day. one day. Dare to dream. Yeah. But until then you wait. Right. And it'll be wasteful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the next, I love this word. So the penultimate waste of software <laughs> development. I try to use that word. That word. It sounds However so much I fancier. I, I, I love that word. My favorite word of all time, penultimate. The penultimate waste of software development in our list right now is motion. Could you tell us a little bit more about the motion? of this or this waste called motion this kind of has its roots in like you know manufacturing where if i'm on a line and i need to go walk over there to get you know the part and then walk back and mm. bolt it onto the car then that's like wasted motion so just put the part next to where you are right okay. and that kind of applies like in a physical way for teams today where like it's more effective if people are just sitting right next to each other and I don't need to go walk over and talk to somebody and ask them a question. Like right. if everyone's just right there, you're taller, get a ta- get everybody to answer your question, mm-hmm. then you're unblocked. You're not waiting. You're not moving. So yeah, that's more efficient. I guess you can also have like less emotion if people are just generally available on Slack and, mm-hmm. you know, interruptible. So you say Slack has been a an improvement to reducing this waste? Yeah, I guess there are trade-offs though because there's task switching. But. Oh, yeah, there's task <laughs> switching. There's you got to deal with uh, Slack channels like cats, 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 and animals and stuff like that. That's oh, that, yeah, that's, that's a waste in itself. It's no. outside of this list. <laughs> that's the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the eighth waste of software Dude, development. That's, that's the eighth one. The is Slack pictures. <laughs> is, well, that's the that's the waste of the internet, right? It's just, <laughs> looking at cat pictures. <laughs> but reducing, as you mentioned before, rather than having to walk over to someone and ask them a question, and they could be like in a different city. It's better to have them up close. Right. And shortening the feedback loop and iterations of the project that you're working on will definitely allow you to have all the things you need very close to you so you can continue delivering the value without without having to ask someone elsewhere or time difference and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, just having people available. I guess also like another waste of motion could be when like a story bounces between different states. Like you want a story to move like forward like a bullet 
mm-hmm. from like you know the ideation from the product to design to development testing release like just straight out and having something like kind of yo-yo back and forth between like development and design and oh, testing yeah. and whatever like that's kind of like an intangible motion that could be wasteful right interesting yeah because like if you have it go back and forth and like you know they make an update you have to make the change design is an update you have to make another change that kind of stuff mm-hmm. imagine this is a problem so now the ultimate waste the ultra the final <laughs> the, the final, final waste this is the final form oh yeah so the final waste is defects oh we deal with that every day in our lives. Yeah. Just defects that show up, the little ones that oh, pile up. All those little bugs. The big ones that destroy your website. <laughs> Oof, those are those those yeah, defects alone is very, very wasteful in the idea that you can have little ones like death by a thousand cuts, right? <laughs> in the amount of minor defects that you may have. Defects or, in the design of the JavaScript language. Well, yeah, like, oh, how God. do I work with the number? Oh, oh God. No. <laughs> JavaScript is wasteful, guys. You so heard bad. it from me. The, no, don't do that. I, I, I love JavaScript. React is awesome. Yeah, it, it could be very, very difficult when you have defects you know, popping up left and right. And w- w- what would you suggest to reduce uh, some of this waste? I think like the sooner you find... A defect the easier it is to fix right like you know if i if i'm writing the code and i make a pr for it and they find a problem in the pr then it's going to be more work for me to go back to that and context switch and get back into it right and then fix it and then put it up for pr again and you know if it's out in production then maybe i don't even remember writing that code or maybe i'm on vacation yeah. Uh, so it's even harder. But the best might be just, you know, pair program and then mm-hmm. fix the bugs right there. Do a desk check with the designers or product. Like just fix it while it's still on top of your head. Right. Yeah, I think I think as you called out, like trying to fix it as early as possible in the in the development process. There's also you know, ensure that you have test coverage, whether it's like I prefer having uh tons of unit tests to ensure that everything works well yeah but like if you have like a smoke test regression test and that kind of stuff that's true i think you mentioned what you mentioned before was very interesting it's just i find ensuring you can find the defect as early as possible right and Mm -hmm. it could be while you're developing the feature it could be while you're unit testing something it could be while you're regression testing something before you deploy to production because if you don't have these avenues then a defect can exist and you may never know that it does until like you get an email from your user complaining about why this feature doesn't work for me and then you're like, oh, snap, how do we not know that this was happening to our users? That's oh, true, too, yeah. Oh, let's set up some logs. So even like a log is like like having some error logs that kind of track where these defects are happening is a start. But like you want to start as, you know, close to the features as possible by, you know, finding it when you're when you're developing it. Then unit test then like slowly work your way up. Yeah, that's true. Like, if it's already out there and like you don't even know it's happening, then that's it. Like, yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're your customer's trouble. gonna be pissed. Yeah, the customer's gonna be upset, and you're not gonna have any way of of identifying why this bug is happening. But if you have all these different ways to find 
or to record that these defects are happening, I think the better you are yeah. in reducing this waste. Oh, I, I really like that point about having like logging for, for bugs in production. Like, we, like we use things like Sentry and other tools and just great. Like you get your source maps in there yeah. and then you get a React bug, you get the exact line of code that the problem happened on and yeah you know how many times it's happening it's like oh well it just happened to that one guy you know? yeah i don't there's one user <laughs> we'll figure it out let's just fix it for you know for the user and we'll we'll get it from there i think finally in the defects and one way to reduce the waste of defects is having continuous integration in your workflow because i think that getting from developing the feature to Pushing it out to production, if you have all these different checkpoints that check for any way that a defect can be introduced, then the more better you are in, at minimizing this waste. Yeah, definitely. So that was the seven waste of software development. We're going to ask you, Dave, really quick, which, which one of these seven do you wish you would minimize as much as possible anywhere you are, you identify really quickly, and you want to bring it as small as possible and as as wasteless as possible right you don't want to be wasteful but like yeah, yeah. oh man uh yeah i really like partially done work makes me really sad like <laughs> sad okay. i feel very sad when things are partially done when you okay. just have like a page that's like half done oh, or like okay. you know, it's yeah. just like oh why can't <laughs> use it like no one can use it it's so sad yeah so all work should be done completely yeah <laughs> so uh, make sure you're working with dave all your work must be done completely yeah all oh, features well. <laughs> must be completely done <laughs> yeah within reason but, yeah the yeah. one the one <laughs> the one that i the one that i i guess i resonate with the most is probably the defects one because the less amount of time you have to spend on defects the more you're able to work on things and if you just pay it down up front, you know, by having unit tests and all these different ways to cover these defects, yeah. then the more efficient you'll be at delivering the feature. Not to say that this one is more important than all the other ones, right? You have to ensure that you minimize the rest of them. Mm -hmm. um, but these were our personal opinions on what is what is the thing we want to reduce the most? Get rid of it. Get rid of the defects. Yeah. Yeah, and do all the work. Do all the work. Get rid of the defects. All right. If I That's had to it. break Software the Software engineering is done. <laughs> we figured it out. Yeah, exactly. Partially done work. So do all the work with less process, with, with the amount of features necessary. Don't add any more of them while not switching tasks no cat pictures no cat pictures stop stop command tabbing and checking out the slack channels even if you're waiting try not to wait as much so right. do things. yeah you're right <laughs> have the things ready yeah. to do them and do them yeah and mo make sure everyone's close yeah and you can get the feedback very very quickly and don't get defects just don't okay stop it that's that's it <laughs> that's, that's it that's, that's that's the end of the rabbit hole. Everyone. We figured it out. Hey, we figured Software it out. engineering, it's it's over. It's over. Seven things. Keep my, keep it in mind, and you'll be great. Follow us now on Twitter at Radio Free Rabbit, so we can keep the conversation going. Like what you hear? Give us a five star review and help developers just like you find their way into the rabbit hole and never miss an episode. Subscribe now, however you listen to your favorite podcast. On behalf of our producer extraordinaire William Jeffries and my amazing co-host Dave Anderson. And me, your host, Michael Nunez. Thanks for listening to The Rabbit Hole.